Welcome to Key 3 Educators, helping you excel as a Christian school leader, educator, or homeschooler as you outfit students to learn themselves, love God, and live connected. Here's your host, Stephanie Smith. Welcome back. I'm Stephanie Smith, and I am delighted that you are with us here today. We're going to be continuing the interview with Chris and Christine Stegall, host of Making the Leap podcast. You'll be able to find a link to their podcast and information in the show notes, so make sure to check that out. Before we jump in and continue with that great interview, I have a question for you. If you are the leader of a homeschooling cooperative or the administrator or teacher in a Christian school, do you have middle school and high school students who have questions about the Christian faith? I hope you do, because that shows someone who has an authentic interest in exploring their belief system and not just adopting one because it's been told to them, but making it their own. Well, one of the speaking presentations that I offer is Hot Seat Faith. Now, this is different from one of my regular presentations because I don't know what exactly I'm going to say. And the reason for that is because I don't know what questions the kids are going to ask me. That's right. If you want to have somebody that you can put in the hot seat and kids can just fire questions to about the Christian faith and get authentic biblical answers relevant to real life, well, I'd love to connect with you. When we encourage our youth to examine the Christian faith, to investigate the messages that are in the Bible, to ask the hard questions. What we are saying to them is, you don't have to be afraid of asking those questions because God's truth can hold up to any amount of inspection that you want to subject it to. I know that in the United States today that the word Christian has taken on definitions that historically it never had. So I understand as a leader that you may want to say, "Uh, that sounds good, but how do I really know what you would answer as it relates to some of these different issues? And that's why I absolutely welcome visiting with you ahead of time to make certain that there is a sound core theological agreement between myself and your organization. You know, students, by the time they're in middle school and especially high school, they have spent a lot of hours sitting in bleachers or in chairs or at desks, listening, being on the receiving end of information. And they can really not only enjoy, but benefit when they are the ones who are able to ask the questions and to know that what they are participating in is is a conversation, not just I'm sitting here and and I'm just absorbing more information and I don't get to ask or, or to respond to that. Now, I still have some questions about the faith. So if somebody asks me a question that I don't know the answer to, I'm not gonna act like I do. I'm gonna say, you know what, that's a great question. I don't have a good answer to that, but I'll tell you what, I'll make a recommendation or I will promise to say, you know what, I'm going to try to see if I can find out some information and I'll, I'll get back to your, your school administrator or your homeschool cooperative leader on that. Anyway, that's just one of the speaking presentations and engagements that I have available. You can find out more about those on the website, key3educators.com. But now let's jump in and let's pick up with part two 
of my interview with Chris and Christine Stegall, host of Making the Leap podcast. I'm going to switch just for a little bit. You make this major move across the country. You make a major change in your approach to education with your children. Not everybody does that and then decides to start a podcast on top of that. How did the Making the Leap podcast come about and and kind of give us the backstory to that? That was a, a wild series of events that, again, you now see God moving in. We enrolled our daughter quickly, as Christine said, in a school who had a board member that I knew from my days in politics. As this board member at our daughter's school, he was also friends with um, a couple of other gentlemen I knew that were developing a a foundation called the Herzog Foundation. Now, Stan Herzog, who was the man who who left his wealth behind to start this foundation, uh, he died a few years ago and uh, had a tremendous sum of money that uh, he dedicated. And in his last days, he wanted to further the Christian education mission that he felt passionate about. And he basically handed his fortune off to a couple of individuals that I personally knew uh, from my days in politics. And it just kind of happened to be that I overheard that that's what they were doing. At the same time, we were enrolling our daughter in a Christian school for the first time, and we struck up a conversation. They said, listen, we've we've basically been tasked with trying to spread the word of Christian education. You're in radio, Chris. What do you think about, you know, everybody started doing podcasts at that point. They said, what do you think about doing a a podcast and telling your story? And uh, so I went to Christine and I said, what do you think? And um, so we we were just kind of sudden and sort of landed in our lap out of nowhere that we would kind of start a podcast by telling our story, as we've shared with you, kind of how it came to be, how we didn't know anything about it. And I really appreciated the fact that while the Herzog Foundation's mission is to grow and promote Christian education, they really appreciated the fact that we were coming at it completely green. They liked that angle. They liked the story. And they wanted us to tell our story in the hopes that we would encourage other people who have never looked at it before and had a lot of questions or trepidation to be okay with that, to to ask questions. And it's all right to be a little uncomfortable and a little raw and vulnerable. And in doing this and telling our story and inviting guests uh, in sectors of private education, homeschooling, Christian education, we've learned a ton. At least I have. Mm -hmm. Anyway, I've learned a lot (laughs) that I didn't even know existed out there. We brought our daughter in and we just interviewed a student here recently who just graduated from the Christian school our daughter goes to. She's in some ministry work now. Uh, We've interviewed church leaders who have developed their own small schools. We're meeting these incredible people, but hopefully at the same time while we're learning, we're exposing people to a world outside of what we all came up with as the traditional public school in town, and that's where you send your kids K through 12, sort of breaking that mindset of this is just the way it is. You live in the town, you put the kids on the bus, you send them to the school. It, It doesn't have to be that way, and it doesn't have to be scary, and there is not a one size fits all. And it doesn't have to be a fortune to make a switch and go in a different direction. And it doesn't mean your kids are going to be antisocial weirdos. And it doesn't mean they can't play sports. <laughs> All of these cliches and tropes that I think a lot of us who didn't know about this thing called private or Christian education used to think. And I want to be clear. I've listened to several of the Making the Late podcast episodes. And while you tell your story, you don't, you're not just telling your story episode after episode. So as you mentioned, you bring on a lot of guests. So can you elaborate a little bit more? We have Christian school educators and leaders as well as homeschoolers. 
when they come to making the leap podcast, how are they going to benefit? Because you've got some great guests and information on there, but I want to give you a chance to talk a little bit more about it. Well, actually, it it isn't specifically with making the leap, although I, I think we definitely do have that benefit uh, or that we can offer a benefit to teachers and administrators. But one thing that um, Herzog has is their president, Daryl, you know, Daryl Jones, the president of Herzog, he goes on with a podcast every day. And I, of course, am drawing a blank, oh, right? The morning routine. Yeah, the morning routine. I knew it was morning something, morning routine. And he specifically does that to encourage the educators who are going in every day. It's like five minutes. It's a Bible verse. It's a little bit of a devotional thinking and encouraging that. I, I listen to that <laughs> for myself because, you know, I feel like as a parent, you're always a teacher regardless of what is happening, if they're in your home or not. So I listen to that a lot. I find that encouraging. Um, well, let's tell the story in, of, uh, I don't mean to interrupt yeah, you, no, but you're let, fine. let's just tell the story of a most recent episode. Uh, it was incredible. My favorite so far. A pastor of a brand new church and his wife, they just had it in their heart that it was time to start mm-hmm. a new Christian school mm-hmm. uh, in their church. Uh, that they were basically planting. And the reason I bring him up is it was the first time that we as podcast hosts at the Herzog Foundation, mm-hmm. or the people that underwrite it, they have a program called the uh, Toolbox. 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 Mm-hmm. Toolbox campaign. And it's it's a, a tailor-made, ready-to-go. It's like a business course for people that want to start a school because you're you're coming in with maybe pastoral experience, maybe teacher education experience, but you don't come in with the business end of things. You don't come in with how to set up a board. You don't come in with um, okay, you're gonna fundraise. you're gonna find right how to fundraise because everything you know it's coming back to the money for a lot of people. So they have have designed this mini um, I'll call it a mini course selection type thing where boot camp where you can come in. They pay for a lot of it. You learn from people that have been down that road already. So if you're an administrator. I hope through making the leap that we can direct you to the resources that are out there. They also do um, teaching curriculum courses for teachers. Um, for example, they're sending teachers or they're allowing teachers to come to the ARC in April out in Kentucky and do learning about Genesis, learning about that biblical worldview piece of, you know, how, how, how did we get here? That kind of thing. And pulling in, you know, biblical leaders and scholars and teachers to come and teach teachers. And so we're able to share that information for educators as well. But I also think some of it is what we're talking about on a, on a pretty organic level is that if you're stuck as a teacher, you don't have to be stuck as a teacher or that parent. or a parent and so and because you're specifically asking about those teachers um one of the one of the best things that I um had happen and and I it's not in a, a braggadocious way I sat down with a teacher last semester and was talking with her and she was telling me how she had been in a public school pretty local to us couldn't do it literally said I feel like it's sucking my soul because I see what's happening and she left and she went to a Christian school and she said I was listening to your podcast. I'm just encouraged by what's happening. And we've interviewed teachers that have left the public school sector and come to the private school, Christian school sector. And I think that just knowing that you don't have you don't have to do with the status quo all the time. It's not easy. You are going to take a pay cut. You are going to face challenges. You're going to face pushback 100%. There's going to be upheavals. But I think teachers, administrators are no different than the parents. They need to know that they're they're not alone in that. A lot of the administrators and people that we've talked to, 
they're in their second careers. They've they've done they've done their jobs for 25 years and they turned around and said, "No, I'm going to help lead this small private school. I'm going to I'm going to start over here." And I think for others to hear that as encouragement that you don't have to wake up 9 to 5, go home and wait till that retirement and be done. Like that's that's not what we are intended for. Well, I don't think that's the purpose. And I will say that a number of these interviews that we've done are convicting on a multiple fronts. There are people that are trying to plant churches and schools inside their churches. As Christine said, there are teachers taking on second careers. And Here's another one. This is a biggie. We've interviewed parents who didn't know how they were going to make this work for themselves, mm-hmm. but they figured out a way. I mean, we've talked to women who had cancer and uh, were leading what are called homeschool pods, something I didn't even know about <laughs> until we started doing this show. But uh, we met a mom who's, I don't know what, got six kids in this homeschool pod and she, she she's stricken kids, with yeah. cancer in the middle of the story. <laughs> but she tells her story of soldiering on. We talked to another mother who she too was ailing with, with cancer, a single income family. Her husband worked and they thought, how are we going to put our three kids through private education, through private Christian school that we value? And she told the story of taking her talents as an art teacher and starting up an art school to create funds for her kids, to pay for her kids to go through private education. So I hope, long-winded answer to your question, whether it's administrators, Mm -hmm. teachers, preachers, parents, who just need a new frame of thinking or a new way to look Mm -hmm. at this, that there isn't one way. And what you might think is a hurdle, when you hear a couple of these stories, you think, well, my gosh, if they can do it, we sure can do it. Exactly. And I love the fact that you've shared, basically, you're sharing a lot of stories, not just about you personally making a leap, but teachers making a leap from a public school to a a private school. You're talking about people making a leap from finishing one career into another and people making a leap of faith even on how do I, how am I going to afford sending my child to a Christian education? Because I think historically, there has been a little bit of a cultural idea that if your child is going to a private school, well, that means you're at a certain economic level and, well, good for you, but the rest of us can't afford that. Right. And I think that has the potential to continue to be a rift of portraying Christian education by people who are opposed to that, or not just Christian education, but private versus public education, as seeing a war of the haves and the have-nots. Mm-hmm. But being able to understand that there are people who make tremendous sacrifices and they get very creative and innovative in order to provide this for their children. Yes. So what are the things, you know, as you're as you're looking forward, just kind of at a macro level, for people who, whether they're parents, whether they're teachers, administrators, or maybe they're people who their kids are grown, but they want to be involved in being advocates for not just a particular type of Christian education, but they want to be an advocate for parents to make informed decisions about this huge part of their child's life, what are some ways that people can be involved and even if it's uh, or resources that they can read or listen to, to be able to help facilitate the mindset shift? Because you've referenced that quite a lot. And I think that any change that comes in our lives as individuals or cultural always begins with a mindset shift. If our thinking doesn't change, we don't have any reason to change what we're doing. So any recommendations that you can make? I know that's a big question. It's very broad. So you can be as broad with your answer or as narrow as you want to be. One book that comes to mind is it's called Biblical Worldview, and it's by Josh Mulvihill. 
Um, we actually got to have him on. I was kind of fangirling for a little bit when we had him on. <laughs> he was one that I learned of right when we when we moved her into the school. And I was like, I like I understand we're partnering with the church and the school and us, but I to almost undo a little bit of what I've been taught as a teacher, as a parent, as a student, even, you know. I have to sort of um, revamp this. So I picked that book up and <laughs> it's like my, almost like my second Bible. I, you know, it's tabbed. I have it. I look at it a lot because it helps keep the why right in front of me. Um, if you're going to shift your mindset, I think you have to know your why. And reading that book makes me very conscious of the differences that I see in, in the way that my daughter was learning before and the way she's learning now. And I, I think that is the biggest thing. I mean, any dieter, any, you know, when you're changing your health and that, you know, they're going to be like, what's your why? What's your why? Well, my why is I want my daughter and our, our sons too. We, we shifted churches. We came to a whole different place in terms of faith with a little bit just to educate them. I want them to have that knowledge and I can't support that if I don't know it as well. So I would recommend that book first and foremost, just as a, a starting, you know, like a jumping off point. Um, I'm always searching up, you know, just different podcasts and things that I can listen to. But getting into the school would also would probably be my second one. So if your if your kids are sitting in a public school, if your kids are your, you know, you've just switched them. If your school needs volunteers, if they need substitutes, those kinds of things, go become familiar with whatever system it is in front of you. Know it because that might help bake your why a little bit clearer. You might not see a problem in your school. That's fine. Or you might see a big one. They all need help. They all need support. So I would say that would be the other piece. If you're going to switch your kid to a new school, go in there and start volunteering. Start you know, reaching out and meeting the people that are there. Because I think once you start surrounding yourself with people, that teamwork piece, that community piece becomes as part of the why for me, the mindset. I'm definitely surrounded by a lot more people in these last two years that have a biblical worldview that I think is pretty solid. And that is, it's pretty inspirational to me. And if I didn't have that, I think I would be thinking, what on earth did we do a whole lot more to keep it right in front of me, to keep it relevant? I want to make sure that I'm talking with parents, hearing their stories, um, getting encouragement from them, understanding that we're not all just, you know, whipping $100 bills out of our purse to throw at the tuition costs. You know, we're working, we're we're making sacrifices. I want to be aligned with those people. So I would say that that book is number one, but also get involved, be where you're at, be where you're at is is part of that mindset for, for me. And I would also add that uh, listening, listening to yourself in a prayerful way and listening to your kids, mm -hmm. because it occurs to me all the time, and I regret that I spent many years just sort of dismissing what I think now, if I had it to do all over and I hit rewind, our kids were telling us and we just didn't really understand. Ah, oh, kids don't like school. Ah, put them on the bus. Ah, suck it up, tough it out. Your kids are telling you. I mean, it's, it's not just, oh, I've got a test today or oh, I'd rather <laughs> sleep in. I mean, it's a pretty consistent message if you're really keyed in. Your kids are telling you, this isn't working for me. And breaking your mindset, we have to break it. We're going to do a show in the future about our parents, uh, our kids' grandparents, who really think it's nutty that we've blown up our world. They don't understand what culturally really has even happened, I think, in mm -hmm. public school. So there's a whole generation beyond us that are, are probably pressuring their kids about their grandkids and saying, what are you doing to these kids? And why are you changing their whole world? 
We all have to break the backs and the mentality of this attitude that we put our kids in one system. There's a one-size-fits-all system. Uh, it's, it's good for everyone. No one can complain. And we've all got to write it out K through 12, and that's it. I, I, I so wished I didn't have that attitude and mentality, and I so wish others understood their suffering with that needlessly, and they don't need to. There are too many options available, and it's just being willing to listen to yourself. There is no such thing as odd, you know, and I think we've conditioned ourselves to think that there is, there's a normal way to educate the kids, and then there are these oddball ways. It's not true. I always say to people, we think about everything that goes into our home. I mean, you wouldn't hire a, a contractor to come <laughs> into your house and say, well, I think we're going to knock down a wall and paint it this color, and uh, we'll get back to you when we're done. But we kind of do that with our kids <laughs> and their education. We think about everything we purchase uh, for our home, but when it came to our kids' education, we kind of left, left it to others, and I, I regret that. So that's my message. Listen to yourself. And, you know, and of course, primarily through all that, just praying, <laughs> praying first, you know, again, that was a shift. I, I think I prayed kind of after the fact a lot for a very long time. And then probably about three or four years ago, I started trying to be very conscious about praying first, but maybe before I even really knew the, the problem or the situation. Um, but we serve a big God and he doesn't give us that spirit of fear. You know, that he, he wants us to be to be bold and to take risks. And we have to kind of learn how to come on board with that. So, and doing the things in prayer that help remind us of that, you know, and we have these schools that need funds. We're not getting money from the state. <laughs> we have to get it from generous people. So, you know, we have to believe that we're all serving this God that that wants people to be generous with their time and their money and their efforts. And that's that's a different, that's a different mentality as well. So just, you know, retraining your brain to say, no, I actually, I know you can do this, God. I know you're you're going to be with me through it, and we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. And if it means you kind of have to hit me over the head with it a little bit, that's that's okay. But being open to you know that that piece of okay, I can't do this without you. Praying first, reading, thinking, and really figuring out that we we want our kids to figure out who they want to be in Christ. That's a big piece of it. I know this is a long winded ram rambling answer. <laughs> One last thing I'll add. A good Bible-based, Christ-centered church, uh, if your church isn't actively having a conversation within its walls about opportunities and expanding educational avenues for kids in that church, why? Why not? I mean, why not have the conversation? I'm not saying every church is equipped to do that today. Uh, just as we joined our new church, as God would have it, it was so cool, we didn't know this, but the church we joined happened to be partnering with the school, coincidentally that we enrolled our daughter in, and we found out only after joining this church that uh, the church was going to expand a new... Like a elementary school, like a K through five. Satellite campus. Mm -hmm. Grow the school that we've enrolled our daughter in. And my, my point in telling you that story is there are a lot of great churches that are saying, you know what, why not us? Why don't we start a school in our basement? Or why don't we open it up for homeschooling groups to come in? We've got, you know, these unused classrooms, that kind of thing. So go to your faith leader yeah. about it and talk mm -hmm. to him or her about, hey, what are we doing here in the spirit of keeping our kids educated Monday through Friday? I, I think that's an important conversation to have, too. And there's a huge community of people out there that are doing things. You know, my my favorites are now some of the people that keep sending me things. You know, they're like, I, I think I'm bugging you, but I'm going to tell you about this really cool opportunity or, you know, and I'm like, you're not bugging me. I love knowing that there are people out there that care as much as I do. And that's been tremendous in helping shift my own mind into not feeling like we're isolated, but really feeling like we're now not the majority maybe, but it 
sure doesn't feel like we're the minority. Yeah, it doesn't feel weird this, anymore. You know? I want to um, say that I really appreciate both of your vulnerability and your honesty just in your own parenting journey. And also, I really value that you have something that you are moving towards. You're not just here to slam public education. And I think that's incredibly important in my own experience, both as a homeschooler and being involved in Christian education. I have seen sometimes where there's so much emphasis on what I'm trying to get away from Mm -hmm. rather than what am I moving towards. So I really applaud that both of you have, this is what we're moving towards, not just, oh, let me tell you about all the stuff that we're trying to get away from. Well, I will say, I believe I probably wasn't that good at it or even that vocal about it a few years ago. But, you know, you can sit in in a bunch of resentment and stew about all those things or or not, right? So I'm glad you say that because we we know and love a lot of really great teachers and a lot of them really do feel stuck. A lot of them feel they're doing the right thing. And who are we to say, you know, we just know we have our own family, you know, that we have to focus on and that's who we answer for. And so, um, yeah, I don't think we do anybody any favors. We have to point out maybe the things that are not working well, but we're not doing anybody any favors by <laughs> slamming entire professions full of people who truly go into it with a good heart. I will include that book that you mentioned in the show notes. And I'm very excited. You talked about the Herzog Foundation. I'm actually, we're going to be doing an interview with um, Daryl Jones here in a couple of weeks. And so he's going to be able to give us a lot more information on Herzog. I am very excited about the foundation and everything that it's doing. So I definitely want people to know about that. It's, it's just such an exciting development, that foundation and and others like it in Missouri with uh, ESAs. Uh, you know, I'm sure you followed closely what some other states like Iowa and soon to be, I think, Arkansas, West Virginia, Utah, Arizona. I think Missouri's on the cusp of something pretty great. Yeah, it's it, there's very exciting developments mm-hmm. politically for public schools uh, and, and kids that want to expand and look other places. A lot of people got an education, adults, about the the work of education as well as, you know, maybe what was going on in terms of content in, in their institutions. So this is not about slamming any other form of education. I don't think you have to do that in order to advance something that is will stand entirely on its own. Because the only value for Christian education is not to escape from public education, because if public education was just phenomenal, Christian education would still have its own place. So I love the fact that you guys have that attitude and that mindset and that you are more about what you're moving towards and what you want other people to move towards rather than just to run away from. Anything else? We're, we're going to get ready to wrap up. You guys have been great guests. You've shared so much information that I think can be valuable to parents, to Christian school administrators, teachers, um, even teachers who are looking at education, not just for their own children, but in terms of making their own career choices. And I love the challenge that you gave there towards the end, Chris, about Uh, Taking this into the churches and for churches to have at least have that conversation openly, because I do know sometimes that has been a little bit of a resentment and a sense of how are we going to reach our community if our kids aren't aren't in these schools? And so that's something that I think historically has has been a factor in, in different types of churches. So I love that you you made that challenge there and hopefully people will take you up on that. Anything else that you want to leave before we wrap up here today? Just that we do tackle, uh, I, I, you, you mentioned your own 
uh, path with homeschooling. That is another thing that um, as we've done these shows, we've learned uh, in addition to all the various types of private Christian education, homeschooling is an entirely different, wonderful alternative. And homeschool pods, that's a world that we knew nothing about. And uh, to be clear, there are many, many differences in private educators' points of view and Mm -hmm. many healthy debates there. So this idea that it's public school or those private school people, (laughs) forget it. I mean, it's it's very balkanized, to be perfectly honest with you. And there's a very robust and healthy debate about Christian school, classical Christian school, private uh, uh, homeschool, homeschool pods, and it's all good, and we try to highlight them all. We interview several homeschool mm-hmm. moms uh, who, who have done it. We, we've interviewed pastors on the subject you were just talking about, why the res- reticence to discuss this. We talk about the fact that a lot of people have congregations with public school teachers. You know, mm-hmm. you're in small towns, and you know, the church and the school and the teachers are in the church, and does it seem hostile to the school teachers? So we explore all of these dynamics. Um, there's no storyline we're afraid of. We just kind of hope to explore it so that it's less uncomfortable for folks. Which I love. I think that's great. So being able to just say, hey, let's have a conversation about this. We, we don't have to all come to a consensus on everything, but we at least need to engage in in dialogue about all of these matters because our kids, they're pretty well shaped a lot by what they experience with education. So Christine, anything else for you that you want to add before we close out? No, I just, I, I really do appreciate the opportunity here today to talk to you about this. Just, I think um, it's, you know, it's, it's a little niche. It's a little, little small piece of the podcasting world. Um, but I love, I love that we try to bring organic conversations to people and just, you know, keep it real. And I'm, I'm constantly stumbling over words and, you know, verses and what I want to say and all those things. And I, I just, because we're all, you know, we're just, we're all human, just trying to do the right thing by our families. And so getting to talk about it here and getting to just hopefully bring awareness to it, uh, open up, you know, maybe some, some doors to some conversations has just been a real pleasure. So I appreciate it. Thank you for the opportunity. Oh, well, thank you. You guys have been great guests. I very much value and appreciate your time. And your anytime that you have a topic that you are just dying to talk about, you you have a, a, a standing invitation to come back and we'll do this again. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Make sure to check out their podcast, Making the Leap. And you can find the link to this and to learn more about them in the show notes for today's episode. If you haven't already, I encourage you to hit that subscribe button. You know, there's just one idea, insider resource that can make all the difference between good, better, and best. And in today's world, Christian educators can use all the resources and encouragement that they can get. Thank you so much for being with me today. Remember this, my friend, you have an impact that is immeasurable, eternal, and irreplaceable. Thank you for being with us today. For information on speaking engagements and resources for your school or family, visit the website key3educators.com. Remember, learn yourself, love God, and live connected.